Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter four of Breaking Dawn, titled Gesture. And so where we left off, Bella and Edward got married. Stephanie's still introducing us to all the characters, (laughs) all of the vampires and their little specific talents. Just one by one, just catching us up, catching us up on the lore. Apparently vampire babies were a big no-no. Just, you know, file that one away for later. And yeah, they got married. So that box is ticked and now she can go on the honeymoon, have sex and then become a vampire and they'll live happily ever after. And you know what? I could do without this chapter. It's a bit of a flop chapter in my humble opinion because it's basically just the wedding reception. I didn't need it. I saw the wedding. You know what? It was nice. Now we've got to go through the reception. Holy brother. Receptions are only nice if like you can drink and eat and dance and be at a wedding reception. I don't want to have to read about it. Oh, it's the happiest day of her life, everybody. Strap yourselves in. Let's go. Let's get to it. So she starts saying, the wedding flowed into the reception party smoothly. Proof of Alice's flawless planning. Is it that hard? And so, you know how last week I was like, oh, it's at the house. How lame. In the movie, it was in the big fucking backyard. Well, they do go to the backyard. But that's what's so wild to me. She's like, wow, it flowed so smoothly. You just walked outdoors, doll. You took a few steps in the right direction, like jeepers creepers. And also she timed it perfectly. So now it's twilight over the river. The ceremony had lasted exactly the right amount of time. Like, yeah, it's called having a run sheet. I mean, a wedding's going to go for four hours when you expect them to go for 20. Like, no, you roughly get, you get an idea of how long a wedding's going to go for. But she thinks Alice, oh, she's planned it perfectly. I mean, she does see the future. And I think she's saying, oh, it's perfect because now it's twilight because, you know, the vampires can go outside. (laughs) And yeah, it's the name of the first book. Like, all right. I get how it's thematically resonant. And she says, there were another 10,000 flowers out here serving as a fragrant airy tent over the dance floor set up on the grass under two of the ancient cedars. 10,000 flowers, 10,000. How does she know that? I think she's exaggerating. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's hazarding a guess, but far out, 10,000 flowers. Where did she pull that from? So she says the crowd spread out under the soft shine of the twinkle lights. Yeah, we get it. People leave the house into the backyard. It's a whole big thing. And then everyone that she just said hi to are now saying hi to her again. And Seth comes up and he goes, congrats, guys. And she can see his mother, Sue, Sue Clearwater. She's also there. 
She's got a new haircut that looks just like Leah's. We get a little reminder of who Leah is, even though we did just get a reminder of who Leah is like last chapter, but we've got another one. And then we get the backstory on Billy Black. One of the characters we were first introduced to back in Twilight, we get the backstory on him. She says, when I looked at Jacob's father, I always felt like I was seeing two people rather than just one. There's the guy in the wheelchair that everyone else saw, but then there's also this direct descendant of a long line of powerful magical chieftains cloaked in the authority he'd been born with, though the magic had in the absence of a catalyst skipped his generation. Billy was still a part of the power and the legend. It flowed straight through him. It flowed to his son, the heir to the magic who had turned his back on it. That left Sam Woolley to act as the chief of the legends and magic now. Okay, that's what you think every time you see him, is it? Ah, yes. I see Billy and then I remember this whole big lineage story. What's more interesting to me is how Billy's there with Sue. I think Billy and Sue are banging. Is that the case? I think someone's banging Sue. I know her husband just died, but I feel like someone's banging Sue. And good for her, good for her. And she's like, wow, Billy seems oddly at ease considering that this must be the worst thing to ever happen. The worst thing that could happen to his best friend's daughter in Billy's eyes is her getting married to a vampire. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they all hate the fact that you're getting married to a vampire. But I don't think it's the worst thing that could ever happen to Billy's life. You know, he has family of his own that he might have concerns for. And then Stephanie reminds us of the treaty between the Cullens and the Quillutes, uh, because there was this treaty that prohibited the Cullens from ever creating another vampire. And she's like, well, I'm volunteering for it. So stuff your treaty. And so she's saying how the Cullens have no idea how the werewolves are going to react, even though I, I've got a vague idea, especially because Jacob said like, you know, if they turn you, we'll hunt you guys down. So it's not a shock, but she's like, we don't know how they're going to react. No one knows. And like, I get that Alice can't see the wolves future, but Edward can still read their minds. Somehow they evade Alice's skills, but not Edward's. And so couldn't he just, while they're all around him right now, just be like, I'm going to read their minds and just see what they would do in, in that instance. But she's like, no, nope, no one knows. No one can possibly predict how they're going to act. She says before the Alliance, it would have meant an immediate attack, a war. But now that they knew each other better, would there be forgiveness instead? Oh my God. She's fully expecting just to get out of this one. She's like, yeah, I know there's a big old treaty and like centuries of, you know, infighting and stuff, but like, It's me. It's little old me. You're not going to fight over little old me. And then because she's so self-centered, she says, as if in response to that thought, Seth leaned toward Edward, arm extended, and Edward returned the hug with his free arm. So they're doing one-armed hugs. And she thinks that's directly related to her thought processes. And then Sue shudders because she's like, ew, vampire's gross. Like, well, you didn't have to come, Sue. You didn't have to come, Dal. If you're not going to be supportive, get out. And then Seth says, it's good to see things are working out for you, man. I'm happy for you. And Edward says, thank you, Seth. That means a lot to me. What? They hung out for one night on the eve of battle and now they're bosom buds. As if that means a lot to Edward. Edward doesn't care about anyone else but Bella, but apparently he cares what Seth thinks. And then Edward says to Sue and Billy, oh, thanks as well. You know, thanks for letting Seth come and for supporting Bella. And Billy's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, yeah, you're fine. You're welcome. And she's thinking, wow, perhaps a stronger truce was on the horizon. And it's like, no, they still don't want you dead, Bells. But then there's a line of people wanting to say hi to them. So they're like, okay, bye guys. Go and have fun at the party. And then Angela and Ben say hi. Then Mike and Jessica who are holding hands. So they're, they're back on. They were off for a while. They were dating for a while. Then they're off again. Now they're back on. They're bloody regular Ross and Rachel, the two of them. 
And then she meets the Denali vampire clan, her new cousins-in-law, she says. So there's Tanya with strawberry blonde curls. And then there's another woman with long pale blonde hair, straight as corn silk. And then there's another woman and man with black hair and a hint of an olive tone to their chalky complexions. I hate when Stephanie describes non-white vampires as still being white. Oh, that doesn't sit well with me. But there's a hint of an olive tone. So I guess she's acknowledging that they're, they're, well, no, she does say chalky. I don't really know how to get her out of this one. How can you have a chalky complexion that's got an olive tone to it? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, all four of them are so beautiful. She's feeling like shit. And Tanya says hi to Edward. She's like, it's been too long. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you look well. And she goes, yeah, you too. God, boring. What a boring reunion. Bella's meant to be jealous of their connection. And all they're doing is saying, hi, you look well. Yeah, you too. Weather held up nice. Yeah, nice ceremony. It really eased really well into the reception. Also, when's she going to get photos? Is she not getting photos? I'm just realizing they don't, they don't ever stop and get wedding photos done. That's crazy. And then Edward does the old, let me introduce you to my wife. And everyone's like, ah, you said wife. Oh my God, ah. And so Tanya and Bella meet. And she goes, Tanya was every bit as lovely as my worst nightmares had predicted. Her worst nightmares. She's been attacked by vampires. She almost got raped on the streets of Port Angeles. And this is her worst nightmare that Tanya ends up being pretty. It's like, we know she's going to be pretty. She's a fucking vampire. Apparently vampires are all stanisha. And her worst nightmare is how good Tanya looks. I mean, step aside, James. Like, come on. So Tanya says, welcome to the family, Bella. Oh, sorry about that recent incident where we didn't really behave like an extended family should. And then she says, well, the Cullens are all evened up in numbers now. Perhaps it will be our turn next, eh, Kate? Because I guess Kate's single and she needs a mate. And Tanya's single too. And famously, Irina back at home is single because they killed Laurent. So you can bet they're gonna try and catch the bouquet later. And then the dark haired woman the one with the olive tone to her chalky complexion. She says, I'm Carmen. This is Elazar. Okay. We're pleased to meet you. And she's like, yeah, me too. Okay, this is, this is boring. And then Tanya's like, we'll get to know each other later. We'll have eons of time for that. Then they all laugh because they're immortal. I guess that joke just never gets old. And then Bella says, all the standard traditions were kept. I was blinded by flashbulbs as we held the knife over a spectacular cake. Okay, so there was a photographer on deck. That's good to know. But when did you pose for pics? Ah, missed opportunity. And then she says, oh, the the cake. It was too grand, I thought, for our relatively intimate group of friends and family. The cake's too grand? Not the 10,000 flowers, but the cake is where you draw the line. Like, oh my God, calm down and enjoy the cake. It's a wedding cake. All wedding cakes are too big when you really think about it. But can you just like sit your ass down and eat the cake and be appreciative? Like she's like, oh, the the cake's too grand. Get fucked. And then she says, we took turns shoving cake in each other's faces. Okay. And remember, vampires don't eat human food, right? So she says, Edward manfully swallowed his portion as I watched in disbelief. Okay. She's watching in disbelief that he can swallow food. It doesn't kill them. I think she said before, yeah, they can eat, but it just tastes like eating dirt. So, you know, you'd, you'd suck it up for appearances. So I don't know why she's in such disbelief about it all. But Edward manfully swallowed his portion. Like that's, that's a sentence that's going to run through my head late at night. 
Edward Man, what a man. I'd, I'd hate to see a female vampire manage to eat a piece of cake. What does she mean manfully? Like, oh my God. And then she throws the bouquet. Angela catches it. Good for Angela. And then she says, Emma and Jasper howled with laughter at my blush while Edward removed my borrowed garter, which I'd shimmied down nearly to my ankle. And Edward very carefully removed it with his teeth. And with a quick wink at me, he shot it straight into Mike Newton's face. Okay, there's a lot going on there. I didn't realize we were still doing the garter thing. I mean, she did say all the standard traditions were kept, but is that that standard? I think I've seen it once. And I get they want to do like the human thing, like, oh, we're having a human wedding, like how kooky, but like, you don't have to do everything. And also that's Alice's garter. Give it back to Alice. And except now it's in Mike Newton's face. Is Mike going to give it back? And why is Edward pegging it at Mike's face? That's so rude. Like we know Mike doesn't like Edward and had a crush on Bella. Does that mean he has to be punished for the rest of his life? Justice for Mike, hashtag team Mike. Poor Mike is such a punching bag in this book. And then they do the first dance, which, you know, she's really shitting bricks about because she can't dance. She's not very coordinated, but luckily Edward just floats her around the room slash backyard. And he's like, enjoying the party, Mrs. Cullen. And she laughs because he said Mrs. Cullen. And she goes, that'll take a while to get used to. Okay, sure, Belle, sure. You're gonna be turned into a vampire soon. But yes, that's what's gonna take a while to get used to. The name. Then the music changes, Charlie taps in and they're both just as awkward as each other. So they're just like swaying on the offbeat. Meanwhile, Edward and Esme spun around them like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I mean, that's hilarious. I love that Bella's getting shown up at her own wedding. (laughs) Oh, poor Bells. And Charlie says, I'm going to miss you at home, Bella. I'm already lonely. Poor bloody Charlie. And she says, I feel horrible leaving you to cook for yourself. Okay. Like, he's a grown ass man. How many times do I have to say it? Like, he can fend for himself when it comes to eating because he did so for that decade of your life where you did not live with him. Like, oh my God. So then Edward dances with her again after she dances with a bunch more people. And she says, oh God, what about Mike, hey? Because she's bringing up the garter incident. And he goes, yeah, I don't like him. He says, I don't like him when I have to listen to his thoughts. He's lucky I didn't kick him out or worse. Yeah, because, you know, thought crime is on the rise. And she's like, what? Get out. And Edward says, have you had a chance to look at yourself? And she goes, um, no, I guess not. Why? Because you're pretty bitch. Like, oh God, she's so annoying. Remember because she was sitting in front of the mirror, but avoiding the mirror. So she was looking at the, the dancing lights on her skirt or whatever. So she hasn't actually looked at herself in her wedding dress. This lame, lameison. I can't. And so he's like, you're pretty Bella. And she's like, me, me, I'm pretty. No way. She's like, you're biased. (laughs) I'm not pretty. He says, don't you realize how utterly heartbreakingly beautiful you are tonight? I'm not surprised Mike's having difficulty with improper thoughts about a married woman. Oh my God. You're not surprised. And yet he's also lucky you're not kicking him out like pick a lane. And he says, I am disappointed in Alice because she didn't force you to look into a mirror. Can we just get a glance at her reflection so we can move on please? And then, oh my God. So he spins her around to face the house looking at a glass wall and she's like looking at the reflection and she says, Oh, I catch a glimpse of Edward's reflection. So she's, she's forgotten the assignment. She's meant to be looking at herself and she's like, Oh, already looking at Edward. She's so in love with him. She can't, she can't even zero in on herself. She's distracted by Edward's reflection. Why does he have a reflection when he's a vampire? Not too sure. 
I was raised on Buffy and Angel where vampires didn't have a reflection, but this is a whole new ball game. And so, and then she describes what a reflection is. She says, I caught just a glimpse of Edward's reflection, a perfect duplicate of his perfect face. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't a mirror image, I'd be really concerned, actually. Imagine if he did look different, if it wasn't a duplicate in the mirror. Wouldn't you be shocked? Ugh, what an idiot. So she says, okay, she sees Edward, and then she sees a dark-haired beauty at his side. Um, her skin was cream and roses. Her eyes were huge with excitement and framed with thick lashes. Does she not realize that's her? Is she bamboozled by her reflection? Is she a parrot? She's bamboozled. Oh my God, she thinks that's a different person. And you know, this isn't the first time that Bella's been confused by a mirror image. Remember in all those nightmares she had about getting old, she thought she was looking at her grandma and then she realized that it was herself. So yeah, I mean, she's got a problem with reflections, clearly. She doesn't get the concept. But to even use the her pronoun and not I, like she's really got a disconnect between her self-image and what she actually looks like. And yet has anyone ever called her ugly or plain? Not a single person, not a single person. Maybe Renee gave her a complex or something. I don't know, but something's happened to Bella to make her feel like she's so ugly that even when she's looking at herself after sitting in a chair, getting hair and makeup done for like four hours in an expensive bloody bridal gown, to look in a mirror and still think it's someone else. Like, yeah, she's got damage. And like, she even describes how this person in the mirror is also wearing a bridal gown. And it's like, okay, surely you must twig by now. Like, look around, Bells. Do you see Edward standing next to another bride? But before she can go up to the glass wall and like put her hand on it and do that thing where you're like, you move to see if the reflection moves. Before she can do that, Edward goes, oh. And she's like, what? And he says, um, oh, there's a surprise, a surprise wedding gift. And she's like, what? And he just dances off. He's like, okay, see ya. But he goes off to like the trees or some bullshit. He's standing next to a tree talking to the darkness. And he says, thank you. This is very kind of you. I think Bella's still on the other side of the dance floor. I don't know how she can hear this over the the wedding music. I, I don't know what's going on. And this husky familiar voice says, kind is my middle name. Can I cut in? And she's like, oh my God. Okay, so no. Edward must have danced her over as well. So they're both standing on the edge of the dance floor. Uh, do you think the photographer's just like standing there being like, where'd the fuck a bride and groom go? What's go- Why are they standing off in the forest? I guess I'll just take photos of Aunt Myrtle. Cause like the dance floor's over here, guys. Why are you standing at the edge of the trees in the darkness? What's that all about? Anyway, so she's like, oh my God, it's Jacob. And it's Jacob. She actually says, Jacob, exclamation mark. Jacob, exclamation mark. Because it bared repeating. And he goes, hi, Bells. So she hugs him. She says, the heat from Jacob's skin burned right through the thin satin dress. Okay. Better be careful with that thin satin. You don't want to be burning through your wedding dress. So they hug and Edward makes a polite excuse to walk away. He says, oh, Rosalie won't forgive me if she doesn't get her official turn on the dance floor. So he goes and has a dance with Rosalie. And she's like, oh, Jacob, Jacob. Just reminding us that it's Jacob. She's like, Jacob. And he goes, stop blubbering, Bella. You'll ruin your dress. Well, I mean, you're burning it currently, but yeah. He says, it's just me, Bella. And she goes, just you, Jake, just, just, Jake. You're not just anything, Jake. You're my Jake. Everything's perfect now. And he's like, yep, the best man finally made it. And she goes, oh, now everyone I love is here. And he's like, sorry, I'm late, honey. What? 
honey. Since when does he call her honey? And she goes, I'm just so happy you came. She's honestly happier now that she's seen Jacob than she was getting married. Maybe you picked the wrong supernatural being, doll, because you are so jazzed about his arrival. And she's like, does Billy know you're here? And he's like, yeah. Sam will tell him, like, just calm down. I'll go see him when the party's over. And she's like, oh, he'll be so glad, Jake. And Jake's like, okay, well, let's just have a dance. I bet Jake's regretting it immediately. <laughs> she's being so intense. He's probably like, oh, fuck me. Also, he skipped out of the ceremony. I don't think it's good etiquette to come to just the reception. That seems actually kind of frowned upon, but she's super ecstatic. And he says, I'm glad I came. I didn't think I would be, but it's good to see you one more time. Not as sad as I'd thought it would be. Remember, because he ran off because she was like, yeah, I'm turning into a vampire dummy. Like, duh, I'm getting married and I'm going to become your sworn enemy. And you know what? If I were Jacob, I'd boycott too. I'd boycott that wedding in a jiff. Treaty or no treaty, I'd be like, okay, it's bad enough that you're not picking me to be your boyfriend but do you really have to go and rub it in that you're going to become a vampire and die? Like a simple ghosting could have sufficed, but no, she had to tell him the truth, which was just stupid. And she's like, oh, it's such a good gift that you came. And he's like, well, that's great because I didn't get you a present. I mean, I wouldn't have got her a present either, but also you don't say that. You don't go to a wedding, skip out on the ceremony, go to just the reception and not bring a gift like Jacob. You're not being a great best man, let me tell you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And so she says, why'd you come back? And he says, well, I don't really know. I guess I've been wandering back this direction for a while. Okay, (laughs) such a smooth talker. Maybe it's because I was headed here, but it wasn't until this morning that I really started running. I didn't know if I'd make it. Well, you, you did miss it. And he says, you wouldn't believe how weird this feels walking around on two legs and wearing clothes. He says, I'm out of practice with the whole human thing, but it would have been a shame to miss seeing you like this though. That's worth the trip right there. You look unbelievable, Bella. So beautiful. And she's like, oh, me? I haven't even seen what I look like. I saw this really nice, good looking gal in a bridal gown just, just then looking at you know, this glass reflective wall, but I haven't seen what I look like, but she's a stunner. If you think I look good, go check out that stunner woman over there. I don't know where she is actually, but, um, oh, there she is right there in that glass wall. Um, okay. So then she goes, yeah, Alice got to me. It's just makeup. And also it's dark. So that helps. And it's like, what? Like you can admit that you're pretty on your wedding day. And he goes, well, you know, it's not that dark for me because I got dog eyes. And she's like, oh yeah, right. And then she goes, werewolf senses. It was easy to forget all the things that he could do. What? He seems so human, especially right now. So it was easy to forget. He just said 
It was weird walking around on two legs and wearing clothes because he's been in dog form for months. And she's like, oh, it's easy to forget that he's, a, he's not actually a full human. What? How is she always forgetting that people are vampires and werewolves? Stephanie won't let me forget it because of how she's describing people, but Bella seems to forget it. I don't understand. And she says, you cut your hair. And he's like, yeah, I did. Like, yeah, people get haircut spells. It's been months. Did you expect him to not get a haircut? Even though he did just cut his fringe (laughs) with some rusty kitchen shears, which is hilarious. And he says, are you happy, Bella? And she goes, yep. (laughs) And he goes, okay. (laughs) Well, that's the main thing, I guess. And she says, well, how are you, Jacob? Really? And he says, I'm fine, Bella. Really? God, they have just such good banter. He says, you don't need to worry about me anymore. You can stop bugging Seth. And she says, I'm not just bugging him because of you. I like Seth. And he's like, yeah, Seth's great. So, okay, we all are in agreement. Seth's great. Do we have to talk about it? Anyway, then they make reference to like voices in Jacob's head, blah, blah, blah. So Sam and a couple of the others in the pack are on the periphery of the wedding, you know, just in case Jacob loses it and he phases and accidentally rips out Bella's throat. And he says, but I'm not here to ruin your wedding, Bella. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, good. Also, please don't kill me. And she's like, I know you're here to make it perfect. And he says, that's a tall order. And she says, good thing you're tall. Okay. Oh boy. You know, I've seen people on the internet say that Bella's funny, that, that she's actually not a Mary Sue. She's actually got personality traits and that she's actually quite humorous. And uh, if that's her best joke that she's got, I, I just can't. Good thing you're tall, Jake. And he groaned and then sighed. Like, he didn't laugh. He groaned. And he says, I'm just here to be your friend, Bells, your best friend. One last time. Remember, because they spent a couple of weeks together trying to refurb a couple of motorbikes. So they're besties. And then he says, also, the other pack members, they're also here probably because they want to keep an eye on Seth. You know, there's a lot of vampires here and Seth doesn't take that as seriously as he should. And Bella says, Seth knows he's not in any danger. He understands the Cullens better than Sam does. Okay, the Cullens. But what about the Denali clan? Whomst they killed a member of? She's like, oh, it's fine. Fine, Seth and the Cullens get along really well. Like, okay, what about Seth and those two chalky vampires with the olive tones? Like, he doesn't know them. And so I'm thinking, is the song fucking over yet? But it's, it is over. But then another song plays and they're like, oh, let's do two dances. I'm having fun. Let's just have another dance. So we get another song length conversation of just them catching up about shit. So Jacob's like, wow, I'll give them this much. They know how to throw a party talking about the vampires. And she's like, yeah, Alice is an unstoppable force of nature. Like, okay, she's a wedding planner. Calm down. A million wedding planners could do this. Maybe not the 10,000 flowers, but if you want a wedding done, weddings happen all the time. You don't have to be an unstoppable force of nature just to plan a wedding in a backyard. You know, like you didn't even have to book a venue. And then Jacob says, you'd think I'd be used to telling you goodbye now because he's got to bring up the whole she's going to die thing. I guess it is an elephant you can't really ignore. And so Jacob's crying. Like he's like, he really doesn't want her to die, which, you know, fair enough. And he says, this is what you want, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, it is. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to try to remember you like this and pretend that, and he doesn't finish. She goes, that what? That I died. And he's like, well, technically you will be dying, doll. And he says, no, I'm just going to see you this way in my head. Pink cheeks, heartbeat, two left feet, all of that. Now that's a joke. It's still not really that funny, but it's better than you're tall. 
Oh, we've got a tall order on our hands. Good thing you're tall, Jake. Hilarious stuff. And then he starts to say something, then he stops, and then he starts again, and then he stops like he doesn't know what to say. And she says, my relationship with Jacob used to be so easy. Natural as breathing. What? Are we rewriting history? As I said, they spent a couple of weeks fixing up some motorbikes. And she was like uber depressed that whole time. She's like, it used to be so natural and easy. Like, didn't you just like sit there catatonic? You went for a few hikes trying to track down the meadow. The fact that you were riding those motorbikes was so that you could have visions of the boyfriend that dumped you because you realized that putting yourself in danger triggered it. Like, oh, oh, our friendship was always so easy. Was it? Because after those few great weeks, he hit on you, by the way, and you rejected him at a movie theater and Mike was there for some reason. And then he turned into a werewolf and couldn't hang out with you for months. And and ever since then, it's been turmoil. But she's like, oh, my relationship with Jacob's always so easy. Natural as breathing. What? Oh, what? And she goes, what is it, Jake? You can tell me. You can tell me anything. And he goes, oh, God. And she goes, please spit it out. And he goes, look, it's something I want you to tell me. Like, you know, when's it gonna happen? And she says, not tonight, Jacob. And he's like, oh, thank God. And like, I don't think Bella should really be telling Jacob when she's gonna get turned into a vampire because of the whole treaty thing. Like maybe, maybe don't announce it or give them warning just in case they do attack. And she says, I don't know for sure. Might be in a week or two, maybe. And he goes, well, what's the hold up? Just as a joke. And she's like, well, actually, (laughs) I'll answer you seriously. She says, I just didn't want to spend my honeymoon writhing in pain. And he goes, you'd rather spend it how? Playing checkers? (laughs) Which I, okay. Again, another shit joke because they actually do spend the honeymoon playing chess, don't they? (laughs) So it's not that crazy. I mean, it's a chess set on the book cover, Jacob. And he's saying checkers, like you didn't even get that right, Jake. And she goes, very funny, Jake. And he says, ha, just kidding, Bells. Like, oh my God, we know you're kidding, but also they are gonna end up playing chess on their honeymoon. So if only you knew. And Jacob makes some points, honestly. He says, you can't have a real honeymoon with your vampire. So why go through the motions? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, they can't go on a busy beach in Rio because he'll turn into like a glittery diamond on the beach in his speedos. You know, he'll draw the eye. But Jacob was referring to the sex stuff. Jacob says, it's not the first time you've put this off. That's a good thing though. Don't be embarrassed about it, which is weird, which is weird. I don't think you should really be commenting on the timing of her losing her virginity, but okay. And she says, I'm not putting anything off. And yes, I can have a real honeymoon. I can do anything I want, but out. We're we're talking about honeymoon as an allegory for, for fucking. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. When they say honeymoon, they're really talking about banging. In my head, a honeymoon's like, you know, breakfast buffets, lounging by the pool, Bloody Marys, you know, like that's my idea of a honeymoon. But for them, it's just, it's, it's P and V. So she's just pretty much admitted to him that she's going to have sex before she turns into a vampire, which he obviously is like, that's fucking stupid because everyone thinks that Edward's going to accidentally kill her, which is, you know, fair. It's fair. I mean, it's no one's business, but it's fair. And he's like, what, what, what did you say? And she's like, what do you mean? And he goes, no, what do you mean? He's like, have a real honeymoon while you're human. Still saying honeymoon. And he's like, that's a sick joke, Bella. And she goes, I said, butt out, Jake, butt out. Okay. She says, we shouldn't even be talking about this. It's private. And so then he grips her 
like pretty intensely. He's like cutting off circulation on his arms because he's like, have you lost your fucking mind? You stupid idiot. Please tell me you're joking. He's going to tear you in half with his ice penis. Like this is bad news. Bang when you're a vampire. He's freaking out. And she's like, Jake, stop. You're hurting me, please. And then Seth's like, back off, Jake. I mean, everyone's just like popped up. Edward's like, get off her now. And so I don't know, I guess Charlie and Renee are just having a little dance on the dance floor oblivious. The photographer's still trying to find where the bride and groom are. And as I said, I get Jake's point that she'll die. But also from Jacob's perspective, Bella becoming a vampire is the same as her dying. So does it really matter if she goes out with a bang, like literally, or if she gets turned into a vampire a few days later? Like what's, what difference does it make to you, Jacob? What difference does it make? She's going to be dead either way, but he seems to care, which makes me think he cares more about her losing her virginity. And it's like, yeah, they just got married, guy. It's going to happen. You need to get over it. So it seems like Jacob's going to lose it. And I think Bella's been pulled away at this point. And she's like, oh, no, if Jacob phases with Seth so close, Seth might get hurt. And it's like, oh my God, worry about yourself, doll. Seth's fine. He may look like a teenager, but he's actually a werewolf. And Jacob said, okay, well, this actually gets really dark. He says, I'll kill you. He goes, I'll kill you myself if you're that, you know, hell bent on dying. I'll do it right now. Which isn't the best way to win an argument, you know? You could just say, hey, that's super risky. Have you thought about it? Or maybe like pull Edward aside and be like, hey, mate, I know she's horny, but you can't do it. And Edward will be like, okay, I know it's pretty crazy, right? I've been saying this for months. But instead he goes to the, I'll kill you. If you want to die, I'll kill you. And it's like, oh my God. I don't think that's as romantic as you think it sounds, Jacob. And Edward's like, Seth, get out of the way. Because we're all worried about Seth's safety, even though Jacob's just said he's going to kill Bella. And Seth's like, don't do it, Jake. Walk away. Come on. Don't actually kill Bella on a wedding day, please. And also Sam's in wolf form hanging around them. So Sam's walking up into it. And he's shoving his head up against Jacob's chest. And Jacob's like, fine, fine, fine. And so they disappear into the forest. And Edward goes, all right, well, it's all right now, Bella. It's like, what? The the night's ruined. (laughs) And Edward says, all right, well, uh, let's get back to the D floor. You know, people might be wondering where we've gone. And she's like, but Jake. And he's like, oh my God, calm down. Sam's got him. Like, whatever. She goes, Edward, I'm so sorry. I was stupid. And it's like, what? What did you do wrong? I mean, you didn't actually say sex. You said the code name Honeymoon. So, He read into it. Although actually really, if I was caught in a love triangle, fell in love with my best friend while also being in love with my soulmate. And if if I'd then dump the best friend and be like, sorry about this. And then also say, I'm also going to turn into a vampire, which, you know, is your sworn enemy and I'll stink to you for the rest of your life. Um, But also just to rub salt in the wound. I know we just got married and, um, it was hard enough for you to come to the wedding, but also we're going to fuck on the honeymoon. Like, no, you don't say that, Bells. So as much as, you know, she didn't really do anything wrong. It's a bit tacky. Like, you can't just say to your backup plan, like, by the way, pop on my cherry later. Like, of course he's going to take that badly. But also she did nothing wrong. And she goes, no, no, I have a big mouth. I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have let him get to me like that. You know, she got so riled up. She got so right up, she actually said to butt out, which is as close as Bella gets to swearing. Butt out, Jake. Oh, I'm so furious. I'm even saying the word butt. And Edward's like, well, we got to go back to the reception before people, you know, notice that we're missing. <laughs> which is ironic because they will eventually go missing from all of their family and friends. Like if that's the plan, right? 
And because now that they're leaving to go to like the honeymoon, they're flying that night. This will be the last time that she says goodbye to her human parents for who knows how long, because they're operating under the assumption that she'll be a crazy newborn for at least a few years and want to kill them. So there's a lot going on at this end of the wedding. You know what? I said this was a flop chapter, but I've, I've been bloody enthralled this whole time. What a juicy little wedding reception it's been. And so she's like, okay, all right, I've got to put on a good show for all of the guests. And so she just, you know, checks herself. She's like, is my dress fine? And he's like, yeah, you look good. And he's like, you don't have a hair out of place. And she's like, okay, deep breaths, let's go. And then they rejoin the dance floor. Like they were just on the edge of the dance floor in a little bit of darkness. Huge standoff between werewolves and vampires. Actually just Edward. None of the vampire Cullens or Denali people came to help. But there was this big standoff, right? It was intense and no one noticed. And now they're just back on the dance floor, like la-da-dee, la-da-da. And as much as Bella telling Jacob about her honeymoon plans was tacky, she's really beating herself up over it. She goes, oh, my idiocy would not ruin anything else tonight. She goes, I'd been so glad to see Jacob here. I knew the sacrifice it had taken him and then I'd ruined it, turned his gift into a disaster. I should be quarantined. Like, oh my God, calm down. And again, if everything goes to plan, you will be quarantined for years because you'll be a crazy newborn killing vampire. And then Edward, just as she's pulled herself together, it's Edward's turn to be like, you know what? He was right. What am I thinking? Oh God, what am I thinking? I'm going to kill you. You know, they say a wedding's a success if you don't have people threatening to kill you at it, but uh, you know, never mind. Both Jacob and Edward are talking about murdering Bella at her wedding. Like what, what a magical night. She's like, oh my God, Edward, stop. You and me, that's the only thing that matters. The only thing that you're allowed to think about now. Do you hear me? And it's like, well, we maybe should circle back to the fact that his penis is going to tear you to shreds, but okay, let's, for now, let's park it. So then Emmett comes up and he's like, you're monopolizing the bride. So they have a little dance. And then Edward dances with her again. And she's like, wow, I love this. She's, just, she's such a dancer now. Actually, she famously took ballet lessons for like a few years, right? She's all like, oh, I'm a terrible dancer. I'm so bad at dancing. I feel so out of place on a dance floor. And it's like, bitch, you took ballet. James took you to the ballet studio. You recognize the ballet studio from a vision that Alice was sketching on a piece of paper. Clearly you feel comfortable on some dance floors. Hmm. Something to think about. Anyway, so she's dancing around, blah, blah, fucking blah. And then Alice is like, don't miss your plane. Come on, guys, go get changed. So she's like, I don't want to get changed. And Alice is like, well, I got you going away clothes. So please go and get changed. And Bella's like, I'll just wear this. And it's like, what? You want to wear your wedding dress on the commercial flight to wherever you're going, where you don't know? And Alice says, Bella, do you want to wear this dress on an airplane? And she goes, oh, I wasn't really paying much attention. At the moment, I simply didn't care. And it's like, what? I think you would care once you get to like customs. Once you're going through airport security, maybe you would think, I wish I was wearing sweatpants. Maybe. And Alice is like, just put the fucking dress on. So that's a whole big fight. <laughs> Another person fighting with Bella. So while they're going to get changed, she's like, thank you, Alice. It was the most beautiful wedding anyone ever had, which is nice. She's been so anti-wedding this whole time. She's been bitching and moaning about everything. And you know, the cake is too big. So it's nice that she's finally thanked Alice, who has been a miracle worker, a force of nature. Wedding planners all the world round wish they could accomplish this. So it's nice that Alice got thanked. 
So yeah, then she's got to go say goodbye to Renee and Renee's like, where are you going? I don't even know where you're going on your honeymoon. And Bella's like, me neither, bitch. And Alice is like, okay, well, I'll just tell you actually once she's on the plane, I'll tell you Renee. So then you can calm down. And Renee's crying. And then Renee says, you have to visit me and Phil very, very soon. It's your turn to go south. See the sun for once. And it's like, well, we all know that's not going to happen because again, she'll be a newborn vampire. Also, it's your turn to go south. She just went there to tell you that they were getting engaged. What was that like two months ago? She, she was just there two months ago. Lay off, Renee, lay off. So her and her mum say goodbye and she goes, I love you, mum. I'm so glad you have Phil take care of each other, which is a weird thing to say. If I was Renee, I'd be like, that's a red flag. Is she gonna get murdered on her honeymoon? Like, why, why is she talking like I'm never gonna see her again? But Renee, self-centered, so she just doesn't pick up on it. And then she's like, oh, bye, Charlie. Sorry that you'll have to heat up pizzas in the oven. She says, I love you forever, dad. Don't forget that. And he goes, yeah, you too, Bells. Always have, always will. And that's actually kind of nice. So then they kiss each other on the cheek. And you know what? I do love Charlie. As useless as he is, I do love Charlie. Anyway, um, okay, we're still, we're still saying goodbye to try and board the fucking flight to the honeymoon where she doesn't know where it is. She's gotten changed. She said her goodbyes. She goes to leave the house. Everyone applauds when Edward kisses her on the doorstep. Like, oh my God. I'd be over it. I know it's your day. And I know when we're at a wedding, we're celebrating the couple, but like, oh boy, I don't want to have to cheer every time you kiss, you know? Like, have you ever been to those weddings where people go ding, ding, ding on the glasses and then they kiss and everyone goes, ah, and you're like, oh, that's cute. And then someone else does the ding, ding, ding. And you're like, ah, when they kiss, you're like, that's great. And then someone else does the ding, ding, ding. And you're like, enough, enough. Like, I just want to eat my food, have a piece of cake, have a boogie on the D floor with a Chardonnay. I don't need to see you guys kissing again. But no, they're doing the whole fucking kitten caboodle. So they're leaving and the car is decorated with flowers and streamers. And they've done that thing where they tie shoes to the back of the car, which I didn't know was a thing. I always thought it was like empty cans or some bullshit, but no, it's designer shoes dangling. And then everyone's throwing rice. Everyone's throwing rice at them, which I thought we've stopped doing because it's hazardous to the natural wildlife. But no, everyone's, everyone's throwing rice, blowing up birds' stomachs. One funny thing is she thinks Emmett's pegging rice at Edward's back, which is, you know, just hilarious, but um, okay, yeah. So then they get in the car, he's driving them to the airport and she hears over the engine a noise coming from the forest behind them. And she says, if I could hear it, then he certainly could, but he said nothing. So he's just ignoring the noise from the forest, which is a piercing, heartbroken howling. So it's, it's Jacob in the forest, just feeling his feelings. But the howling grew fainter and then disappeared entirely because they were jetting off to their honeymoon, aka Sex City. So that's the end of the chapter. Next week, we've got Isle Esme, which I don't know. I think, I think that might be the sex chapter. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. Let's see if he kills her. Like, let's just see. Let's just see if he kills her in the middle of doing it. That is the talk of the town. That's what everyone's thinking. So let's see how they get around that one. Any comments, questions, thoughts, feelings, hit me up. And you can head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash breaking down bad books to get in on the 50 Shades Freed recaps, which are still going on. They've also just had their honeymoon and are getting knocked up and having a lot of sex. So there's a nice amount of symmetry between the two books at the moment, which I always enjoy. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. 
You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.